gospel according to St. Matthew chapter 19, verse 27. This will be part two of the message that we shared with the church a few weeks ago. Matthew 19, verse 27. Amen. Father, we are grateful to you this morning. We thank you for your word. We pray that you will speak into our lives. We yield our lives to you, Father. Hallelujah. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh upon us. Mold us, make us, mend us. Impress your image upon us so that Christ will be seen and exhibited through our lives. This morning, release the power of the Holy Spirit, Father. Speaking into our lives and bringing forth, hallelujah, victory, freedom in each and every one of us, Father. Every resistance to the preaching of God's word, we bind it in Jesus' name and we take victory. And the church said, Amen. Please be seated. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Today's message is titled, What's in it? For me. What's in it for me? Praise the Lord. This is a second part of what we shared a few weeks ago. This is a question that Peter asked Jesus. We left everything and followed you. What is it in for me? Praise the Lord. This is a question that rings throughout the century. Regardless of what realm you are operating whether you're operating in the business realm, whether you're operating in the legal realm, whether you're operating in the financial realm, or unfortunately the spiritual realm, this is a question that pops in our minds and quite often it is raised among as people discuss. It's a question that comes to our mind. What's in it for me? Praise the Lord. It's a question that we pose to our employers. We pose this question to our friends, to our fellow beings. From time to time, just like Peter, we also ask the Lord, Lord, what's in it for me? Praise the Lord. Have you ever asked that question before? And what kind of an answer have you received? Now, it would be quite foolishness if we were moving in a business world and we don't ask that question. We need to ask that question. But the spiritual world is not made with the same principles or the spiritual world or the Christian world does not need to operate on the same set of principles and values that the world operates. In fact, praise the Lord, the, the word of God helps us to understand that the values in the kingdom of God are diabolically opposed to the value system of the world. There is a big difference between the value system of the world and the value system of the word. Praise God. We are the people of the word that live in the world. Praise God. And we have to operate at times in this world when we operate. We have to use the set 
or the principles that people use to operate in this world. But when you and I are moving in the Christian world, we need to understand that a higher set of values, a higher set of principles, a higher ideology, praise the Lord, rules and should govern our lives. Praise the Lord. We are the people who belong to the Lord. We are in the kingdom of God. Praise the Lord. And what dictates our values ought to be from the word of God. Praise the Lord. Like Peter, we also ask this question, Lord, what's in it for me? And last, when, when we talked about this word a few weeks ago, we said that when Peter asked this question, there was a reason. Because initially, when Peter left everything and followed Jesus, there was no demand from him. If you were to remember, they followed Jesus. Jesus said, come follow me. And these guys, they just started following Jesus. There was no demand there. But here we say that the setting is such which prompts a question from the depth of Peter's heart. And Peter asked, Lord, we left everything. What's in it for us? Praise the Lord. And Jesus did not just shrug it off. Jesus did not say, that doesn't sound spiritual. How can you ask such questions? No, Jesus did not shrug it off, but did two things. Number one, Jesus told him directly, listen, if anyone has left anything for my name's sake, praise the Lord, they will have life eternal and they will have hundredfold. Praise the Lord. Now, nobody can make an offer like this anyway. Praise the Lord. Hundredfold of what? Hundredfold. If you give up lands, you're going to get hundredfold. If you're given your, if you're given up your father, your mother, your brother, your sister, whatever you have given up for the sake of the name of Jesus, Jesus says you're going to get hundredfold. Now who can match that? Can anybody match that? We all, 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 of, all of us who work, we all have the matching program. How many of you have a matching 401k program? Anybody? Nobody? We all like the matching program, right? Up to 5%, up to 10%. You put a dollar, they put a dollar. It's, it's, it's a matching program. Jesus is saying, listen, if you give up this, if you give up your father, your mother, I don't want anybody to give up your father or your mother saying, I'm going to give you up for Jesus. No. That's not what we're talking about. For the sake of the name of Jesus. In other words, when you took a stand for Jesus, everyone ostracized you. Everybody walked all over you. Everybody looked down on you. You were disinherited or you were like pushed out. Jesus is saying that, listen, you're going to get hundredfold. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise God. You know, father, mother, how can you? I mean, you only have one set of parents, right? One father, one mother. But Jesus said, I'm going to give you a hundredfold. How is that possible? Some, some of the young people say that, you know, we can't live with one set. How in the world are you going to have a hundredfold? What are we going to do? There are many who complain about that, you know. Uh, but you know what Jesus is saying? That listen, if you're thrown out of your home because of the namesake of Jesus, because for the sake of Jesus Christ, I'm going to surround you with my family, the household of God. Praise the Lord. 
Wow. So if there is anybody in this house this morning who feels that I don't have a father, I don't have a mother, I don't have a brother, I don't have a sister, I want to tell you, welcome home. Praise God. Welcome into the household of God. God the Father says, I'm going to surround you with so many fathers, so many mothers, so many brothers, so many sisters, that it's going to just blow your mind away. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. That's a wonderful feeling. So if you feel that you've been, you've been just dumped, I want to tell you, Cheer up. Praise the Lord. God is saying, I'm going to re- return it back 100 fold. Say it a hundredfold. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Moving on. You know? Now, what Jesus does is, in order to drive the point home, what he does is, he shares a parable with them. And that's recorded in the next chapter. You know, the chapters came, chapters and verses came later on. So it's, it's, it's a follow-up of what the conversation that's going on. So Jesus, in order to drive the point home, you know, he, he concludes that part by saying, look at the last verse, he says, but many of us will be last and the last first. And he narrates a parable there. I want you to look at the parable carefully. Verses 1 to 16, I'm going to read it. I want you to pay attention to it. Okay, pay close attention to this as we read. We don't want you to miss this. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for the vineyard. Now, when he had agreed with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into his vineyard. Okay, denarius was the mode of transaction. That's the, that's the uh, currency that they used at that time. And he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace and said to them, you also go into the vineyard and whatever is right, I will give you. So they went. Again, he went out about the sixth hour and the ninth hour and did likewise. And about the eleventh hour, he went out and found others standing idle and said to them, Why have you been standing here idle all day? They said to him, Because no one hired us. He said to them, You also go into the vineyard and whatever is right, you will receive. So when evening had come, the owner of the vineyard said to the steward, Call the laborers and give them their wages, beginning from the last to the first. And when those came who were hired about the eleventh hour, they each received a denarius. But when the first came, they supposed that they would receive more, and they likewise received a denarius. Oh, okay. And when they had received it, they complained against the landowner. Saying, these last men have worked only one hour, and you made them equal to us who are born the burden and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them and said, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what is yours and go your way. I wish to give to this last man the same as to you. 
Is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with my own things? Or is your eye evil because I am good? So the last will be first, and the first last, for many were called, but few are chosen. So Jesus is trying to drive the point home into Peter and his disciples. See, it's very interesting, regardless of what part of the world we live. Now, if you were to drive Hempstead, drive on Hempstead Turnpike, uh, go by that, uh, by Hempstead Turnpike, Home Depot. When you drive by Home Depot, you will find early in the morning if you go. Or if you were to drive uh, through the Garmin District or the Diamond District in, in New York City, you will find early in the morning, you know, there will be laborers that are waiting. They are waiting to be picked up by people who can offer them jobs. I was surprised a few years ago when I went to India, I saw the same thing. But to see it here is very interesting. So early in the morning, the contractors, the people who give contracts, they come by and they pick the laborers for their work. That's the thing that you see. You see it all over the place. So here we read Jesus is saying that there is this vineyard and there is this master for the vineyard. Early in the morning, praise the Lord. The Bible says early in the morning, the master went out looking for who? Looking for laborers for his vineyard. And, you know, the, the, the Bible says the first hour. So for us, it is important that we understand what the first hour is. In the Middle East or in those days, they, they counted the day from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. That's the 12-hour cycle that they use. 6 a.m. in the morning to 6 p.m. in the evening. So when the Bible says the first hour, it's talking about 7 a.m. When it talks about the third hour... It says what? Oh, my God. I don't want this to become a math quiz, but if the first hour is seven, the third hour is? And, and the sixth hour is? Right. And the eleventh hour is? Five o'clock. Okay. So we just, we just want you to know this because our mind will go the different way. First hour, we might think it's 1 o'clock. No. Okay. So 7 a.m. in the morning, early in the morning, the master goes into looking for laborers. And there are these laborers there. And the Bible says this is how it goes. You know. Now, when he had agreed with the laborer for a denarius a day, he sent them into his vineyard. That's interesting. A denarius is a daily wage. Or when you study the Roman history, you also understand a Roman soldier will get one, one denarius a day. So it was a good amount at that particular day. A daily wage, a laborer would also get one, one um, denarius a day. But these were people who were skilled laborers, people who were in demand. So early in the morning, the master goes and he gets these laborers. Call it the cream of the crop. Gets them. And the Bible says there is an agreement that takes place between the laborers and the landowner or the master. 
Okay? And the Bible says they agreed to work for him for a denarius. You know, there is something called the bargaining power. You know? If you are involved in labor relationships, you know what a bargaining power is. When there is a collective laborers get together, there is a union, and they bargain for their, for their pay. So here we see that these laborers, they entered into an agreement with the master or the landowner and said, we'll work the whole day, but we need a denarius. It is, it is an agreed, it's a contract, and it's agreed, and they go out into the field. The interesting thing is, around the third hour, the master comes again to the, to the marketplace, and he finds others standing there. And it's interesting, as you read, this is the conversation that goes on. This Bible says, and he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace and said to them, you also go into the vineyard and whatever is right, I will give you. So they went. You see, there is a big difference between the, the deal that was made with the laborers at the first hour and the deal that is being made between the laborers and the master. The third hour, the sixth hour, the ninth hour, and finally the eleventh hour. All these other group of people, they were told by the master, listen, go, what are you guys doing here? You know, I got so much work there. Why don't you go and go and do work in my lineage? You know, and he says, listen, whatever is right, I will give it to you. Praise the Lord. It's a, this is a beautiful picture that Jesus portrays about God the Father. And he's saying that God the Father is looking for laborers to work in his vineyard. We need to understand that the vineyard belongs to God. The church belongs to God. The work belongs to God. The harvest belongs to God. Jesus said, pray to the harvest is plenty, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of harvest that he may send forth laborers into the field. Praise the Lord. You and I are called to pray to the Father, to the Lord of the harvest, to send forth workers into the field. But this we see the first group of people, they were people who were able, who trusted in their ability. They felt that they have something to give. Praise God. They have something to offer. They are of value. See, we need to understand, we as God's children, we are people of value. But our value does not come based on who we are, what we are, what our background is, where is it that we hail from, what is it that we have in our life, but our value is associated with the fact that we belong to Jesus and we've been purchased with a price. We've been redeemed not by a corruptible things like silver or gold, but but by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. So when we tend to look at ourselves, our accolades, our abilities, when we look at that and we value ourselves, we come to a point
point where we feel that we have the bargaining power. We have the power to bargain. We have the power to negotiate. We have the power to make a deal. We have the power to call out and say, deal or no deal. Let me ask you, as children of God, as you and I are involved in serving God in his vineyard one way or the other, let me ask you, have you ever tried to strike a deal with him? Have you ever sat around the table and said, let's negotiate God? I got news for you. If you have ever done it, I got news for you. God will always, always stick to the end of his deal. Always. He will never let it fall down. If you have entered into a pact, if you have entered into a deal saying, listen, let's agree for this, he will never let you down. But this morning, we want to present a better option. Praise God. A better option. A better option is what the third hour guys, the sixth hour guys, the ninth hour guys, the eleventh hour guys got it. They did not enter into a deal or an agreement with the master. They simply trusted in his word, which is what? You go and work, and whatever is right, I will give it to you. Whatever is right, I will give it to you. Mind you, when you and I live in this world, we don't want to enter into any contract where the guy would say, whatever is right, I will give it to you, because what is right? What is right to you might not be right to me. What is right to me might not be right to you. But this is the righteous God saying, whatever is right, I will give it to you. I will never take you for it. I will never deceive you. Can you trust God's word? As you pour out your heart to God, as you sweat for the kingdom of God, as you continue to work for him, let me ask you, can you trust him as he says, whatever is right, I will give it to you. You go and work. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Jesus told Peter, in essence, he's telling him, listen, the evening comes. The day is over, the evening comes. And the master tells his foreman, call everybody, call all the laborers, starting from the last to the first. Give them. So the guy who did one hour work, the guy who did three hours, everybody got what? 
a denarius. Now, if you and I are there, how would you feel? Suppose you're the guy who did 12 hours work. And this, this, an hour before the tour of duty ends, a guy walks in, he also gets the same thing. How would you feel? Honestly. How would you feel? How many of you would, will pull out your Christian card and turn to Matthew chapter 20 and say, according to Matthew chapter 20? Oh. Then I would get upset. He says, hey, it ain't fair. This is not fair. So these guys, the Bible says, these guys did what? They murmured and they complained. And the master was very cool. He said, hey, listen. You know, look what the master says. <laughs> but he answered one of them and said, friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Now, do you understand why getting into an agreement with him might not be the best deal that you can strike? Maybe we have learned the art of making deals. But let me tell you, when you come into the presence of God, you don't cut a deal with him. Just simply lean on his goodness. Praise God. You will never go wrong. Praise God. Never go wrong. You know, we have an army of volunteers here who work through the weekends, do different kinds of jobs. I don't know what goes through your mind. But let me assure you, this morning the master is telling you, whatever is right, I will give it to you. Praise God. When you have doubts, when you feel that the burden is too much, when you feel that it's unfair, you stand on this word and say, Lord, you said whatever is right, I will give it to you. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. You look into the scripture. The scripture is full of examples where this principle is played out without this principle being mentioned. This is where the principle is mentioned. But this principle is being played out throughout the scripture. Praise God. Because God is a righteous God. Praise God. Even if you don't get justice from anywhere, I want to tell you, he's a just God. Praise God. Abraham standing before God once argued for the life of Lot and his family and he posed a question to God saying, Lord, will not the judge of all the earth do that which is just and right? If that's the case, you who've been blood brought by the blood of Jesus Christ, don't you think that your labor in the Lord is in vain? Praise the Lord. I want to pull out two examples quick 
from one from the old, one from the new. The prophet's wife, who had become a widow, came up to the prophet and said, the debtors, we owe a lot of money to people. They have come to take my children as slaves. The prophet told her what to do. And the Bible says, in the end, she had cleared her debt and there was sufficient for her and for our children to live for the rest of our life. Praise God. God will never let you down. Praise God. Etch that in your heart. Write it on the wall post. Write it all over your Bible that God will never let you down. Praise God. Don't ever entertain that question. Even if it goes, passes through your mind. Or it comes around for a round of discussion. What's in it for me? You take this, whip the Bible out. And you tell them, what's in it for me? He told me. But that which is, he will give me that which is right. Praise the Lord. Hebrews 6.10. Somebody read that out for us. We all know that verse. Hmm, quick. Six ten. God is not unjust. He is not unjust. Huh? To forget your work and labor of love. This morning we were teaching the church about the labor of love. The church in Thessalonica was known for their labor of love. Let me just tell you guys. Ladies, gentlemen, let me just tell you. When you labor for the Lord, praise God, make sure that it is prompted by love. Praise God. We are recipients of love and our labor ought to be prompted by love. And the Bible says God is not unjust to forget. You and I would have from time to time, we might have amnesia, we forget. But God is not unjust. He does not forget. Praise God. He does not forget your work and your labor of love. Read on, sister. Yes. Read on. Hmm. Praise the Lord. When you are involved in ministering, in ministry, make sure that your labor is labor of love. Praise God. Now, what is the opposite of the labor of love? Look at that verse. It tells you. I want you to read that verse, uh, verse um, 12. No, not that. 2012, I'm sorry, Matthew 2012. Saying, these last men have worked only one hour, and you make them, make them equal to us who have borne the burden and the heat of the day. Is that a fact? That's a fact. They bore the burden and the heat of the day. The fellows who came in the end, they just, just worked one hour. What is important here is a couple of things. Number one. When we see that God is interested more 
in our availability, not just simply in our ability. If you are available, God will empower you and make you able for it. God's callings are his enablements. That's a quotation from Warren Worsby. God's calling is his enablements. That doesn't mean that the Bible belittles people of ability. That's not what it means. What it means is you don't trust in your ability. This morning, just like we say, I surrender all. Lord, I surrender myself. I surrender my ability. I surrender my treasures. I surrender my, 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 my talents. I surrender everything to you. Praise the Lord. So these guys were available. They considered it, they did not enter into a bargain or a deal with the landowner because they did not, they considered it a privilege to be at least part of the vineyard. Praise God. Have you ever felt that it's a privilege, man, that I can do something for the Lord? Have you ever thought about it? Lord, I thank you for the privilege that you gave me to do something for the kingdom of God. To go for you, to work for you, to labor for you, to love you, to love others. Lord, I consider that as a privilege. They did not think that they had to enter into a, a deal with the Lord. They simply trusted his goodness. Can you trust in his goodness Praise the Lord. Will you trust in his goodness rather than making deal with him? Praise the Lord. Quite often, the church goes through this phase where the church cannot distinguish between that which is sacred and that which is secular. We tend to mix the secular with the sacred. And so in making decisions, our mindset, our set of values are based on the secular ideologies of the world. We tend to bring that in to that which is sacred in order to make our decisions. And quite often that becomes a failure. Praise God. Here, trusting in the goodness of the master. Whatever is right, I will give it to you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Would we go into the field and work for someone who said that, you know, whatever is right, I'll give it to you. No. But we will if we have, if we have a knowledge about that master's track record. Do you know this master has a track record? You have to read it. It's written here. You can go through his track record and you will realize that he will never, he has never let anyone down. Peter rented his boat. Rent is my terminology. Lent his boat to Jesus. Jesus used this as a platform to preach. When everything was done, Jesus told him, push it a little bit into the deep and cast the net. 
Peter says, Lord, we worked all night and we didn't get nothing out of it. But geez, but we're going to just do it because you said it. Praise God. You want to experience that which is right? Simply obey what he says. Simply obey. Even when it does not make sense. Even it does not, when it sound, does not sound logical and rational. Because at that point, all night he has worked and get nothing out of it. But Jesus said, Jesus, on your word. On your word. You can bank on the word of God. Praise God. You can bank on the promises of God. Because his word is yea and yea in Christ Jesus. And God expects a response from us. Which is we say amen to it. Praise God. In other words, you're saying, Lord, yea, your promise is yea and yea. And we agree with you. We stand with you. We apply it our case. We apply it to our situation. We want that to, to be materialized in our lives. So this morning I want to tell you, trust Him. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. He's saying, whatever is right, I will give it to you. Praise God. Hallelujah. What was the big difference between the guys who worked all day and the guys who just you know, just came in at the, th at the third hour, sixth hour, ninth hour, eleventh hour. What do you think was the major difference? What do you think was the major difference? Praise God. Their mindset. The mindset. The mindset is very important in Christian service. Whatever you're doing, praise God. In the realms of God, you go further, not based on simply what you do, but why you do. If what you do is not, if why you do is not right in the sight of God, it's what you do might not amount to anything. Praise God. Hallelujah. Jesus concludes that part by saying, you know, the first shall be last and the last shall be first. Praise God. Hey, God is fair. He is just. Praise God. And even as it is written, if you work 12 hours, sincerely, honestly, earnestly, I'm telling you, he's not going to rip you off. But what he's trying to say is that, listen, you know, your mindset is very important. You don't come into the kingdom of God with a business mindset, with a negotiating mindset. Trust in God. Consider it a privilege to do anything for God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Without asking, what's in it for me? Praise God. Hallelujah. 
Jesus says to Peter, who said, what's in it for me? He, he said, you know, if you ask me what's in it for me, the answer is very simple. What you ask, you will get. But if you trust in him, praise God, and settle for what is right, what is right is better and higher than what you ask. Let me say that again. What you asked for. In other words, you made a deal. You have a contract. Jesus is saying what you asked, what is the, the what, what he's saying is, when I say whatever is right, it's on a higher scale. It's on a nobler scale than what you have asked for. Because my God, praise God, he specializes in, he's able to do much more than what you ask. Praise God. If he's able to do much more than we ask or imagine, praise God, when in Christian service, Praise God. In our labor for the Lord. In our labor for love. In, our, in, in doing work in His vineyard. Let's not haggle. Let's not make demands. But trust in Him. Because He says, I will give you what is right. All eyes closed. All eyes closed. Thank you, Jesus. My friend, how's our mindset this morning? Are you in a mood to make a deal with God? Or would you say, Lord, I just trust you. Would you settle for his words that says, go and work, whatever is right, I will give it to you? Or do you want the master to tell you, whatever is agreed between you and me, I'll take care of it. Which is better for you this morning? David says, I was a child, but now I'm old. But I've never seen the righteous hunger and their children beg for bread. You know what that means? That means God's faithfulness is not simply towards you. It goes down and down into the next generation. Because the psalmist says, Lord, thou hast been our dwelling place from one generation to another. Praise God. Would you give yourself? Amen. Praise God. In service to the Lord, without making a demand, and allow the goodness of God, not only flowing in your life, but trickling down into the next generations. Can you trust the Lord for that? I'm going to open the altar for a few minutes. I know the time is running out. But this is very important. And the Spirit of God is compelling me to do this. I'm going to open the altar for a few minutes. 
if you are making a decision saying, Lord, no demands. No demands. I trust you and your word when you say, whatever is right, I will give it to you. Lord, that's good. That's good for me. If you are that person, I want you to come to the altar. Not a long drawn out altar call. Run to the altar. Make that commitment. Come. Praise God. Whatever is right. I will give it to you. Praise God. Whatever is right. I will give it to you. Go and work. Go and labor. Whatever is right. I will give it to you. Coming to the altar. You are saying Lord. I'm not, I'm not going to haggle with you. I'm not going to bargain with you. I know you are faithful. You are not unjust to forget my work and the labor of love that I have put forth for you. I trust in you.